0: From deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, we got it. All the other creatures want it. Look it up. It's Dominion. Didn't you always want to be an African plant? I mean, really. You know, when you grew up. Uh, Well, probably it's Best that it didn't turn out that way, since uh, they're going to go extinct before we do, looks like the latest. A third of tropical African plants are on the path to extinction. And what a path it is. This is according to a new assessment. Much of Western Africa, Ethiopian parts of Tanzania, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo, slightly misnamed, are the hardest hit regions, standing to lose more than 40% of their richness of plants. Species at risk include your trees, your shrubs, your herbs, and your woody vines. Didn't he play for the Redskins? Woody Vines. Threats include deforestation, that's us, population growth, that's us, and climate change. Three for three, baby. Biodiversity provides countless benefits to humans, and losing diversity jeopardizes our future, said the lead researcher from the French National Institute for Sustainable Development. Yes, He's, he's talking about its benefits to us, the ones who are wiping it out. Loss of biodiversity will be particularly problematic in tropical Africa, quote, a region of incredible diversity, but with major social and political challenges, and expected major rapid population growth over the next decades, he added. The study was published in Science Advances. I prefer to read science retreats, but that's just me. It's based on a revised method for assessing extinction risk, plant Well, 9 in 10 mammals and two-thirds of birds have been assessed, but less than 8% of plants, flowering plants and most other plants, excluding mosses and algae. The researchers used a uh, method to assess the likely extinction risk of more than 20,000 plant species, 33% potentially threatened with extinction. Another third are likely rare, potentially becoming threatened in the near future. Well, we're working on it. This is mainly due to uh, human activities, as we said earlier. Because, I don't know what they got, we got Dominion. Hello, welcome to the show.
1: Silicone, silly man, acting like a boy, we're in love, and she's more than just a toy, I've got a, a Second hand but, living in my house, a second and six but, living in my house, living She's quite a thing to see Well, okay, so her mouth never closes I smell the roses Just the way I make her look at me After food, we might take in some TV She'll hold my hand If it's something scary, well I don't mind if my wife wants to join us Cause she's like family Me and my second and ten six Upon her clock but I don't mind cause She's being inspected, disinfected, so this piece of mine and she's Certainly it's well Told my wife from the start I would never leave her And I'd say on the whole She's relieved that I don't look for a breathing type of woman. So you see, she's secure so Knowing I'm always faithful Watching death from behind our kitchen table Well, funny thing How the silence is a big plus From now on, it's just the three of us
0: From New Orleans, Louisiana, I'm Harry Scherer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. I I try, ladies and gentlemen, every once in a while when I'm here to uh, give you an update on what's going on in the neighborhood. Um, I've mentioned before that uh, despite expectations that everything, or or proclamations, I should say, that everything's fixed, you know, the new system, the $14 billion new system, that uh, every time I come here to the radio place to do the... Radio program, or podcast. I, I see uh, cranes. There've been cranes. Well, now cranes, of course, are a little busy elsewhere, trying to pick up a, a wrecked hotel. So uh, I was driving here today, and and no, oh, no, no cranes at the uh, one of the, the the pump stations that are crucial points of the protection system. And then I thought, well, all right then, I have to review my skepticism about this. Oh, I see now there are bulldozers so not finished yet but it's it's a you know this is a, a tropical city new orleans and you don't really think about the change of seasons here but uh, we've had two cold snaps i mean you know not like you've got cold snaps but in two weeks and i, I don't remember this many red, brilliant red and yellow trees they must have trucked them in from vermont or something it's pretty it's it's almost as good a look as cranes at the canals. And now, ladies and gentlemen. News of the Olympic movement. Produced by Jim Ebersole, the third. Jim Jr. had a baby. Spectators at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics can each bring one bottled, non-alcoholic drink up to 25 fluid ounces, about a pint and a half, into venues this next Olympics. Why? It's a special measure to combat sweating, sweltering temperatures. You be sweating, it be sweltering. Bottled drinks weren't allowed at the Games in London and Rio for security reasons, but it'll be important to have them on hand in Tokyo, given the heat, said Tokyo Games delivery officer, Hidemasa Nakamura. He's not going to deliver the drinks. He's there to deliver the Olympics. So forget about the security. The organizers are still deciding on detailed criteria about what kind of containers would be permitted. They also intend to increase the numbers of drinking fountains and shade tents, along with paper fans and cooling towels that can be worn around the neck. I'm wearing my cooling towel wherever I want, babe. The French language, you've heard of it, has been almost invisible during the drawn out preparations for the Olympics. This is a, um, an issue because uh, it is one of the uh, two official languages of the Olympics, and that's uh, that's kind of a thing. News conferences in Tokyo are conducted in Japanese or in English, or with English interpretation. Signs around the organizing committee offices are in Japanese and English. Printed material is largely in Japanese and English. French is seldom seen or heard.
1: Ah, the French.
0: The organization of the Francophones signed an agreement with organizers. This week, they hope, might change things. This according to the Associated Press. The body represents countries and regions where French is used or the culture is represented. Well, you got to represent the culture. Come on now. Representing. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I have no idea what I'm saying. Must be clear by now. But wait, there's more. The International Olympic Committee has signed up a new sponsor, Airbnb. Sparking concerns from the host of the next Olympics, Paris, that the home-sharing company is contributing to the rising costs of rents in Paris. The mayor, who's been at odds with Airbnb for years, Mayor Hidalgo, sent out her issues to the president of the IOC, Thomas Bach, after news of the sponsorship leaked. She wrote to Bach to alert him of the risks and consequences of the deal. He was asked about criticism of Airbnb, including pricing people out of cities. Quote, It is quite normal that such a disruptive business that needs to settle and needs regulation, he said. This is happening in a dialogue with Airbnb and cities and countries. Paris took, unquote, Paris took legal action against the platform this year in a bid to have the company fined $14 million for allowing owners to rent their properties without having them properly registered. In 2012, Paris had 4,000 Airbnb listings, 40,000 by 2015, now about 60,000. The Olympic sponsorship starts in time for next year's Tokyo Olympics and runs through the 2028 Los Angeles Olympics. Oh, it's a movement. Do you feel it? And we all need one. Every day. News now of the land of 15,000 princes our freedom-loving friends in Saudi Arabia. Who's who's in bed with uh, the Prince Mohammed bin, bin Bonesaw? Well, who who better, really, you might say, you might ask, than the WWE? Yes, the World Wrestling Federation. Friends of Donald Trump's, Did, don't you know? WWE uh, announced... It is committed to holding two events in Saudi Arabia through 2027. First revealed March last year, it has struck a 10-year partnership with the Saudi General Sports Authority. They stage two major shows in Saudi Arabia each year since the Greatest Royal Rumble (laughs) in April of last year, and the Crown Jewel on two occasions, as well as Super Showdown. This uh, raised some questions, according to Bleacher Report, since uh, there have been travel issues experienced by many wrestlers as they exited Saudi Arabia following Crown Jewel. Dave Meltzer reported on Wrestling Observer Radio, I think I'll move the show there, that Saudi Arabia still owed WWE money from Super Showdown in June. Well, maybe it's Super Shakedown. What do you think? That led Vince McMahon to cut the live feed of Crown Jewel <laughs> to the Saudi market. Nice people doing nice things all the way around, don't you think? WWE issued a statement saying, mechanical issues had grounded the plane that was slated to bring the wrestlers back to the States. According to Meltzer, some of the personnel were skeptical of that explanation. And who wouldn't be? The uh, WWE stock has dropped amid lingering worries about the company's international TV contracts. But it's not just WWE that's uh, playing footsie with uh, Muhammad Bonesaw. Um, remember Fergie? Not not the member of the Black Eyed Peas. Fergie, Sarah Ferguson, former wife of, uh, what, the Duke of York, Prince Andrew, who is in the news for his own reasons. Uh, she just was in Saudi Arabia attending a thing. You know, these important things that important people have to attend no matter whether the uh, hosts are murderers or not, um, so you know she's she's sticking up for for the Saudis, no matter what. No matter what. Now this, this is what news of the warm.
1: Soft, listen.
0: Listen to the war. Permafrost coasts make up about one-third of the Earth's total coastline. So let's go surf there. What do you say? As a result of accelerated climate change, whole sections of coastline rapidly thaw and erode into the Arctic Ocean. A new study published in the journal Geophysical Research Letters... Letters, we get research letters, now shows that large amounts of carbon dioxide are potentially being produced along these eroding permafrost coastlines in the Arctic. Carbon budgets and climate simulations have so far missed coastal erosion in their equations, even though it might be a substantial source of carbon dioxide, says the lead author of the study. We found that the erosion of permafrost coastlines can lead to the rapid release of significant quantities of CO2, which can be expected to increase as coastal erosion accelerates, temperatures increase, sea ice diminishes, and stronger storms batter Arctic coasts. I don't think batter would help. I mean, it might make it make them heavier. But for the new study, the researchers simulated the effects of erosion in a lab experiment. They found CO2 was released as rapidly from thawing permafrost in seawater as it is from thawing permafrost on land. I guess they didn't know that before. Previous research had documented that thawing permafrost on land does cause significant releases of greenhouse gases. We can't, we can't rely on the permafrost anymore, is my conclusion, ladies and gentlemen. An un, an, not not a, 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 a surefire ally in the war against war, really. As bacteria adapt to hotter temperatures, they speed up their respiration rate. Did you know that? See, this is an educational pro They release more carbon as a result, potentially accelerating climate change. This is from scientists at Imperial College London. By releasing more carbon as global temperatures rise, bacteria and related organisms called archaea. Archaea? Could you come in here for a Could increase climate warming at a faster rate than current models suggest. Bacteria and archaea, collectively known as prokaryotes, are present on every continent and make up around half of global biomass. Wow. We gotta, we gotta put on some weight, all of us. Most prokaryotes perform respiration that uses energy and releases carbon dioxide, just like we do. The amount of CO two released during a given time period depends on the respiration rate of the of the critter, which can change in response to temperature. The exact relationship between them has been uncertain. Now, by bringing together a database of respiration rate changes according to temperature, from four hundred eighty-two species, researchers have found the majority will increase their carbon output in response to higher temperatures to a greater degree than previously thought. That previous thought never was a fan of it. As climate change raises summer temperatures and boosts the number and severity of heat waves the world over, weapons experts warn of more unplanned explosions at munition sites. UEMs, they're called. They got a name. Everything got a name, particularly in places that are already steeped in conflict or have poor stockpile management or both. How's our stockpile management? I haven't even bothered to check this week. This potent combination, according to Scientific American, is fueling a spate of destruction and death that has residents of heavily militarized areas on edge. As soon as it gets hot, we fear the worst, says a welder in Dora, a Baghdad neighborhood that has experienced several depot disasters. I haven't heard about those. Did Mike Pence go to find out about that? You know, Mike Pence made... I know we won the war there because he made an announced... Oh, no, sorry. He made an unannounced visit to Iraq this week. I guess we didn't win the war yet. Can't announce it because... He couldn't go to Baghdad because it's so safe. No, he didn't go to Baghdad. Uh, And the prime minister wouldn't meet him where he did go. But he went to... um, try to uh, make nice with the leader of Iraqi Kurds. That'd be an important thing to do right about now, Do you think? Anyway, back to uh, the arms depots. There's no comprehensive set of statistics that specifically covers such heat-related detonations because they often kill any nearby witnesses, not, not laughing at killing, and destroy evidence, making it difficult to determine exactly what triggers these events. But data from the Small Arms Survey an arms monitoring project based in Geneva in Geneva led the uh, author of the article to conclude that UEMs are responsible or are about 60% more likely between late April and mid September they showed that about 25% of such depot disasters go unexplained sounds like a show for uh, one of the cable channels doesn't it depot disasters thursday at 9 Another fifth is thought to be related to environmental conditions, which suggests heat might already be one of their leading causes, according to a dozen weapons experts. Most munitions, don't you know, are designed to withstand severe heat. That's a good one. But only in the relatively short term. If exposed to extreme temperatures and humidity for long enough, a munition can become unstable and may even more or less strip itself apart. Strip itself apart apart the wood in anti-personnel stake mines rots rubber and plastic and plastic mines can shatter, in the unrelenting sun now oh, you got me feeling sorry for mines without regular monitoring heated explosive materials within munitions can force their way through seals i blame the seals they're too busy with the fish and f- filter plugs a shell casing's weakest points Nitroglycerin becomes so sensitive when it absorbs moisture that even a slight shake can set it off. White phosphorus, mmm, that's good, melts into a liquid at, uh, I don't know, close to 100 degrees Fahrenheit and can crack a munition's outer casing as it expands and contracts with the temperature. When explosives leak out, some react with impurities in the air to form dangerously volatile crystals on the exterior then it can explode with friction or motion. The physical effect of abnormally high temperatures is that a high level of stress occurs between components because of the different expansion rates of the individual materials. Says uh, Chief Technical Advisor for a landmine clearance nonprofit. Mortar shells, rockets, and artillery rounds are particularly vulnerable because they're powered by propellants that make them liable to launch at the slightest provocation. Chemical stabilizers prevent self-ignition, but for every 5 degrees centigrade Celsius increase above the ideal storage temperature, the stabilizer depletes by a factor of more than one and a half. That depletion accelerates if munitions are exposed to a wide temperature swing over the course of the day, so keep them out of L.A. Eventually, there's no more stabilizer, and as a consequence, sometimes no more munitions sight either. And, just to complete the picture... Higher temperatures also raise the risk of handling errors by fatigued workers. And finally, more than three times more people are at risk from rising sea levels than previously believed, according to new research in The Guardian. Land that's currently home to 300 million people will flood at least once a year by 2050, unless carbon emissions are cut significantly and coastal defense strengthened. A study was published in Nature Communications. This is far above the previous estimate of 80 million It's all the way up to 300 million people. Head for the hills, everybody. News of the warm, ladies and gentlemen. It is a thoroughly copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, in a wide-ranging report, NASA's Inspector General warns that two companies, Boeing uh and SpaceX, uh uh-oh, both face major technical challenges that threaten to delay initial flights of U.S. commercial astronaut ferry ships. These would be the spaceships that take astronauts to the space station because we want to stop paying the Russians to do that. Boeing and SpaceX, i.e. Elon Musk, king of customer service. In the worst-case scenario, NASA could be forced to reduce its presence aboard the space station to a single astronaut for an extended period, according to the IG. No, he won't be lonely. There'll be people from, I don't know, China, India, countries with uh, working systems up there. So where are you from? Boeing and SpaceX each face significant safety and technical challenges with parachutes. <laughs> parachutes. Can't get those right. You know, it's not not nothing that really sophisticated. It's parachutes. Well, of course, it is SpaceX. They can't get the... Um, Well, it's not SpaceX, it's Tesla, of course. Each face significant safety and technical challenges with parachutes, propulsion, and launch abort systems that need to be resolved prior to receiving NASA authorization to transport crew. The complexity of these issues has already caused at least a two-year delay in the development by both contractors, as well as testing and qualification schedules, may further delay certification of the launch vehicles by an additional year, according to the IG. This has been the, the case since the space shuttle retired playing golf in Florida now. In 2011, NASA has been forced to rely on Russia and its three-seat Soyuz spacecraft to carry U.S. and partner agency astronauts. While the agency, while NASA, worked to develop a new U.S. cruise ship under the Commercial Crew Program, the CCP. Isn't that code for the Soviet Union? The numbers included in the Inspector General's report released this week are eye-opening, according to CBS, since 2006, NASA has purchased 70 seats on the Soyuz at approximately four billion, including five seats purchased through Boeing. I guess uh, four billion apiece. So this would be 373 million. Oh, oh, the seats through Boeing are 373 billion million. The big number is the f- almost four billion for the seats. Overall, NASA paid average cost per seat of uh, 55 million for the 70 completed and planned missions through 2020, with prices ranging from 21.3 million to 86 million for each round trip. This is because we don't have our own thing. Only SpaceX offers significantly lower costs. NASA will pay more for a seat on Boeing's Starliner spacecraft than the agency currently pays to fly aboard a Soyuz, according to the Inspector General. The uh, We will have the final seat on the Soyuz used in April. Joining two cosmonauts up there. NASA is currently negotiating for at least two more seats with the Russians. That's complicated by the Russian decision to reduce the number of Soyuz flights to just two per year because they're holding open the possibility of launching space tourists and other non-professionals to the space station in order to make money. We've taught them well. News of Inspectors General, ladies and gentlemen. It's a copyrighted feature, of this broadcast. I'm New Orleans, this is the show. just forgot where I was for a mini second there It's okay I'm here uh, ladies and gentlemen uh as with last week, I'm gonna leave leave it to other people on other other programs to uh guide you through who's the bigger putts and who's the uh, lesser putts at the uh, impeachment hearings um uh, i got I got other fish and they're not bigger. But there are other fish to fry, and uh, chief among them. Partly because I'm, I'm, basically, I have to admit this. Well, not a, not a monarchist at heart, but that it it has not escaped my attention that almost every other democratic country in the world has two people at the top. A head of state, whether they call it a president or a monarch, somebody who embodies the nation, and you, uh, you give him or her your fealty. Ooh, thank you. Um, and then there's the head of the government, and you give him the back of your hand or uh, you know, a rotten tomato. And the two are separate. And uh, about the time of, of the presidency of Ronald Reagan, <laughs> I became aware that, wow, we fused the two. And when you criticize the president uh often he'll hide behind i am the nation le ta' moi ma <laughs> the french um and so i'm i i'm far from anti monarchist on the other hand you know they um they do they do some amazing things and um the case in point in the, in the current period is Prince Andrew now I mentioned his ex wife Fergie, who's off off in Saudi Arabia, doing business. And Prince Andrew, of course, doing his own kind of business, the monkey variety. He, as I mentioned last week, had this interview on British television in which he was trying to clean up all the rumors about the relationship between him and accused uh, underage... Girl, sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein now dead, and instead made it all worse. The the I saw it. I I talked about it a little here last last week. The unanimous reaction in Britain was, "Are you kidding? You gotta be." So, a lot of uh, a lot of reaction this week. News you might say from outside the bubble. Prince Andrew is preparing to leave his private office in Buckingham Palace. He seeks to, well, he's he's stepping back from p- public life on the orders of his mom, the queen, and he was trying to save his uh, entrepreneurial venture uh, called Pitch at Palace. It's like a uh, shark tank or dragon's den kind of thing. And that ain't happening. The palace said he was going to continue working on it on Friday, but a growing number of organizations commercial corporations names you'd know have said we're we're getting out of this thing the royal philharmonic Office, uh, orchestra has dropped andrew as its patron he's also stepping down from the same role at london metropolitan university bbc is airing a damaging interview next monday with the woman who claimed she was made to have sex with prince andrew on three occasions he was uh, suspended well here's what the the guardian here's here's the delicate way the guardian put it the queen gave permission for andrew to step back from public duties for the foreseeable future see there's there's still a little bit of uh delicacy to public to public uh, discourse in great britain not very much anymore now he's been forced to sever ties with the pitch at palace initiative after having desperately tried to cling on to it for several days. Following a investigation by the Telegraph newspaper that revealed its contracts contained a clause allowing him to make money out of any deals that happened because, uh, you know, like as, as in Shark Tank, they, uh, they come in with support. The board of directors concluded he would have to step down. And uh, most interesting to me, you know the the most legendary or some of the most legendary advice in politics is when you're in a hole stop digging. Vanity Fair reports there are rumors swirling that Andrew wants to do another interview, according to Vanity Fair. Andrew hasn't drawn a line under it, which is British for he hasn't said no to it. He wants the chance to put right the things he didn't say. Newsnight, the original home of the original interview, gave him the chance to show some show, show some remorse. He was asked if there was anything else he wanted to say. It was an open goal. He didn't grasp it. And I think he sees that now. That's a quote from the source. While it appeared the Queen gave her blessing for the first interview, filmed at the palace, boy, the cleaning crew that had to come in, she may not sanction her son giving another on-the-record talk anytime soon. TV interviews points out Vanity Fair have never played out well for the royals. Charles's interview with a TV journalist Jonathan Dimbleby earned him more criticism than sympathy. Diana's famous interview with Martin Bashir didn't bode well for the royal family. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's decision to be interviewed for a special led to a frenzy of headlines about the Duchess's mental health and Harry's relationship with his brother. People with ties to Buckingham Palace said they could not recall a senior member of the royal family having been suspended so abruptly and publicly from his or her duties. So yes the idea that uh, he might again do an interview now i guess if it were done in britain it might need the queen's assent so he might uh, might well decide to cross the pond Today, can the prince keep from becoming the frog? We're going to shove right down to the cob. Nobody's going to be spitting out the colonel. I'm an old you, Dr. Bill. Five. Stand by, Dr. Bill. Four. This whole show is a royal pain. Three. Have a good show, Dr. Bill. Two. We're going to kick Ellen's ass today. Walk. Dr. Bill! Dr. Bill! Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, most of us would give our eye teeth to be a member of a royal family living in a palace, limousines galore, servants waiting hand and foot. To be honest, it sounds a lot like my life. But royalty can be a golden cage, and our guest today didn't just fly the coop, he was kicked out of it. Please welcome the Duke of York, Prince Andrew. Welcome. Have a seat. Yeah. Hello, Dr. Bill. I'm, I'm, I'm kicking myself already for not having done this earlier. Well, with all due respect, Andrew... Mm-hmm. I'll be doing the kicking. Well, as as you well know from my mother on down, I've been getting more than my share. This is all about your mother, isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't for her. Well, I dare say that could be said of everybody in this studio with reference, of course, to their mothers, not, not mine. But if your mother was a housewife in Houston, nobody would care who your friends were except her... Well, of course that's true. Nobody feels worse about what she's going through than I. I'll tell you what, my friend. I bet she feels worse. She's 93, for God's sake. Well, I, I, I take your point. I should have said that nobody feels worse about her feeling worse about this than I do. As, as always, mm. your 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 friendship with a sex offender, mm. your refusal to own it. Mm. Is this just your way of getting back at her? for having had your older brother first. This is a sibling issue played out on the biggest stage this side of the Oscars, isn't it? Well, you know, I've I've thought about this for a long time. And and if I may, your highness Mm -hmm. or your majesty, or as I'd put it, your cluelessness, (laughs) the time for thinking is over and the time for talking is here. The local news isn't going to wait for you to take off your thinking cap. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Certainly, Charles and I have, have had our struggles over the years. In my family, these are things we don't talk about in public, although it does leak into the tabloids from time to time. I don't quite know how. You might have to ask Charles. Uh, but, 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 But Mr Epstein, as I said in the previous interview offered me such a rich array of opportunities to meet people, you might say, at my level. Andrew, you could call up anybody in the world you wanted to meet, invite them over to a palace you used to be welcome at, Mm -hmm. and they'd hop on the first plane. Isn't that true? I mean, you had a whole TV crew in there just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Yes, and that took several months to arrange. Mm -hmm. One understands that the royal household is large and unwieldy apparatus. Mr. Epstein's channel to meet scientists and artists was uh, uh, very much more streamlined. Not to mention the opportunity to meet the underage girls. <laughs> I, I, again, and I must stress this point, I never saw any of that. There were even times, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit, when I asked myself, I've heard all about this, why am I missing out? Of course, in the longer run, that ends up having been quite fortunate for all concerned. Do do, do you think Mr. Epstein was being protective of you, like the big brother you never had, (laughs) the way Charles never did? Well, I really must resist this notion that Charles played any part in this. Any chance that my mistakes could besmirch his reputation further would just compound the damage almost by definition. I'm responsible for my behavior, and I'm sure he is in some sense responsible for his do you, do you wish you could trade places with jeffrey have all the privilege and the money and none of the burden of being the son of the queen <laughs> oh heavens no dr bill i'm privileged beyond all imagining and i have a mother who whatever her other problems has been supportive and encouraging right up to the time she ushered me out of the palace if anything i think uh, perhaps mr epstein envied me uh, i think he felt i had even more freedom than he did, having had his close call with the authorities. Close call? He went to jail for 13 months? Of course. Although, in fact, he was free to move around during the day. uh, He just went to jail at night. Whereas, as you must understand, I'm the Duke of York 24 hours a day, or at least I was... I dare say York is on its own now. You know, I'm I'm hearing some relief, <laughs> almost as if you may have tried to be released from the burden of your family position. Have you ever just gone to your mom and said, this is too much, I need help? Is that something you people even think about doing? Uh, well, I don't know whom you mean by you people. The Royals, the Brits. I mean, don't make me draw your picture because, my friend, I don't draw. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean uh, couldn't couldn't you even now just go to your mom or your mum mm-hmm. and say, "I need a break"? Did you have to act out like this to get what you need? Well, I must say, first of all, uh, you don't appear to know my mother very well. Uh, <laughs> this isn't about what we need. If it were, I dare say, I would have spent much more time with Mister Epstein. If I didn't know then what I knew now. You know, how about we get your mother on the phone right now? <laughs> Hello, just... you've reached the Buckingham Palace. Due to the large numbers of calls, normal telephone service has been suspended for... All right, I'm going to suggest you and your mom... Spend about a month at the Dr. Bill house. Can we do that? Can we try to mend this thing before any more people get damaged? I should doubt that very seriously. She's very spry, but she's 93. She's still serving in office, unlike myself. And I would think her personal needs would overwhelm whatever facilities you may have okay well i know a lot of other countries have monarchs and royal families and they don't seem to dig themselves into the kinds of holes you people do so next time we do this we'll have a prince from monaco or holland what do you say audience right tomorrow an alcoholic father took his son to aa how'd that work out till then remember if you don't put yourself on a pedestal nobody else will bye-bye The Dr. Biller Show is a a make-a-big-production-out-of-it production. And now, the apologies of the week.
1: We're so sorry.
0: Well, here's the first apology comes from right here in... Actually, not in, but right near New Orleans... Midway through Harriet, the recently released movie about the life of uh, Harriet Tubman, the lights at a Metairie, I said Metairie, movie theater stopped, snapped on, the lights did, and the film came to a halt. More than a dozen members of a local African-American women's empowerment group, the 504 Queens, were attending a showing. They'd reserved their seats at the AMC Clearview Palace 12 in Metairie. But after the movie started, they said the theater's employees began treating them suspiciously and questioning whether they really had tickets and were in the right seats. Finally, a manager interrupted the film to confront them as everyone else in the theater stared. Sandra Gordon, 65, told NOLA.com the experience was humiliating. This week, AMC Theaters apologized for the incident, fired the three employees involved. The companies also agreed to meet a list of demands set out by the 504 Queens, including giving up to 20,000 free tickets to Harriet to local high school students so they can learn about the life of the abolitionist. An apology with a punch Beauty influencer Kristen Leanne Has apologized for singing a song lyric That contains the N-word I said beauty influencer For those of you Who don't even know what that is She's popular on Instagram and YouTube Where she creates beauty related content For more than a million followers She's also the owner of a hair color company Well how did that happen? That is such a nutty coincidence. On Monday, she attended the American Influencer Awards. I said the American Influencer Awards. I had a sketch on this program one time, the uh, the American Extra Awards, where the people who stand around in the background of movie scenes. But this is better. In Hollywood, where she filmed herself singing the N-word while watching Saweetie perform. Now people are criticizing her for her actions, arguing that her apology doesn't cut it. She was nominated, by the way, for product review influencer of the year. I said product review influencer of the year. She didn't win. She appeared on the red carpet. Later, filmed herself singing along to "My Type," along with rapper Saweetie. Leanne posted the clip on her Instagram. She addressed her use of the N-word the following day. Hey, guys, I'm currently airport getting through another flight, and it's super, super loud in here, so I can't really address that the way I like to verbally and heart-to-heart with you guys. I've seen your comments. I'm going to address them in the next slide right here. I don't want to disturb anybody at the airport. I'm going to get on a flight in a second, but I just want to thank you in advance for reading what I have to say. Yeah, I'm sorry at the airport. It's really bad timing. I appreciate your comments and bringing you to my attention. She then posted a written apology on both Instagram and Twitter, again noting she would have responded earlier if she wasn't on a flight. I see your comments and do not take this lightly. I'm deeply sorry. I could say I was hyped up singing along to a song. I could say I was tipsy and in the moment. But that's just unnecessary excuses. I've got to do better and no better. I'm appreciative of being held accountable. I feel terrible. You have my word I will do better and not let it happen again. Unquote. And maybe next year she'll win the Product Review Influencer of the Year Award. What do you think? Frontier Airlines has apologized for an inconvenient technical glitch that led to some frightening emails for customers. Last week, the error read, quote, there has been a change to your upcoming flight, and encouraged recipients to call the airline's rebooking hotline to speak with an agent about, quote, reaccommodation options, unquote. Remember reaccommodation? That's when the United Airlines hauled that guy off the plane, legs first. That was reaccommodation. Many customers dialed the line, which was so busy, some were put on hold or simply directed to voicemail. The airline acknowledged the issue in a tweet, confirming the email was an error. This evening, a technical problem generated an email to some customers stating their upcoming flight was canceled. This email was sent in error. We sincerely apologize. You may confirm the details of your trip by entering your confirmation number on our website. Unfortunately, our website... Oh, no, they didn't say that. Uh, More wrestling news this week. Wow. Haven't had this much wrestling news ever. The latest episode of N.W.A. Power, with three R's, was removed from YouTube after a line from Jim Cornett. He was doing the commentary on the, quote, match, unquote, drew fire from fans. The moment occurred during a non-title, non-quote title, unquote, match, unquote, when Cornett attempted to describe the strength and courage of Trevor Murdoch, one of the contenders. He's the only man I've ever known that can strap a bucket of fried chicken on his back and ride a motor scooter across Ethiopia, (laughs) the announcer proclaimed. He he used that line during a promo in the past, but this time it drew heavy criticism from fans. NWA Vice President David Lagana released an apology via Twitter, promising to take down and re-edit the episode. One of our talents, he says, one of our talents made comments which some viewers found offensive. We deeply regret the error and apologize. We've temporarily taken the program down while we correct this error. The altered episode was republished hours later. This is the first time NWA has had to make a statement on behalf of Cornette. earlier this month. They released a statement in regards to comments Cornette made. Making light of suicide. Keep him on the staff, guys. Pete Buttigieg's presidential campaign apologized and removed from its website a stock photo of a Kenyan woman that it used to promote the mayor's Douglas plan to fight racial inequality in America, according to the Washington Post. Sean Savitt, communications director for the Buttigieg campaign, said a contractor running the website chose the photo, not knowing it was in Kenya, not anywhere where somebody might have read about the mayor's Douglas plan. Savitt said the use of stock photos is standard practice across many campaigns. There was nothing indicating the photo was taken in Kenya. We apologize for its use and the confusion it created. The, uh, Ryan Grimm, a writer for The Intercept, said the woman in the photograph contacted him, confused, asking, What's the, me- message, what's the meaning of the message accompanied by the photo? Have no idea of what's happening. Mayor Mike Bloomberg who coincidentally has just thrown his multi-billion dollar hat in the ring for the Democratic nomination for the presidency, uh, a few days earlier reversed his long-standing support of the controversial stop-and-frisk police strategy that he uh, embraced when he was mayor of New York, even though it disproportionately impacted people of color. Speaking at a black church in Brooklyn, Bloomberg said the practice often led to the disproportionate detaining of blacks and Latinos. He said, I can't change history, but he now realizes I was wrong. If anyone was wrongly stopped by police, quote, I apologize, he said. Never too late, department. Or just-in-time, department, depending on how you look at it. And a founder of the climate activism group Extinction Rebellion apologized, this week for the crass words he used to describe the Holocaust as, quote, an almost normal event and just another ugly episode in human history. The founder, Roger Hallam, said in an interview with the German weekly Die Zeit, Die Zeit, that among various genocides that occurred in previous centuries, the Holocaust was not that unusual. The fact is that in our history, millions of people have been regularly killed under dire circumstances, he said. I realize that in the interview... I got sidetracked into an unnecessary debate about where the Holocaust sits in terms of horrific genocides. I'm sorry for the crass words I used. My intention had been the exact opposite of downplaying the Holocaust. And, oh no, I have two more. The Board of Australia's second largest bank apologized unreservedly for 23 million breaches of money laundering laws, but stood by its management despite pressure from politicians. Westpac Banking Corp. said its board met, met to discuss allegations by the financial crime watchdog in Australia that ignored red flags for years. We thought those meant start, including payments between known child exploiters. The chairman, Lindsey Maxstead, said the bank would hire unspecified independent experts to run an overhaul of its anti money laundering systems. The notion that any child has been hurt as a result of any failings by the bank is deeply distressing, and we are truly sorry. The board unreservedly. Apologizes, Maxted said. And Charles Barkley has issued an apology for a comment he made to a female political reporter about hitting her. Axios reporter Alexi McCammond wrote on Twitter that when she questioned Barkley on his indecisiveness over Democratic presidential hopefuls, Barkley told her, quote, I don't hit women, but if I did, I would hit you. McCammond says when she objected to the remarks, Barkley told her she quote, couldn't take a joke. Unquote, Barkley, former NBA player, who's on a very popular basketball analysis show on TNT, issued an apology through Turner Sports PR on Twitter, saying his comment was inappropriate and unacceptable. He said in a statement, it was an attempted joke that wasn't funny at all. There was no excuse for it, and I apologize. You were, I mean, it, not even amateurs, because he he fools around a lot on that show, so... He might be excused for thinking he's not an amateur. The apologies of the week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And finally, drug resistant germs sicken around 3 million people every year in the United States, kill about 35,000, a much larger public health threat than previously understood, according to a long awaited report. Now issued by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, on average, someone in the United States gets an antibiotic resistant infection every 11 seconds and every 15 minutes. Someone dies. Superbugs! They're everywhere. <laughs> But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. Back next week on the radio, same time, same station, and on your audio device of choice, when you want it. Don't let anybody make you want it at another time. And it'd be just like cleaning the scratches off this piano, if you'd agree to join with me then. Would you already thank you very much? Uh-huh. typical show chapeau to the san diego desk for contributions to today's broadcast thanks as always to pam halstead and to thomas walsh here at wwno for their support the email address for this program a chance to get cars i talk t-shirts christmas is coming and the playlist of the music heard here all at harryshearer.com and i'm on twitter at the harry shearer Progress Productions originates through the facilities of WWN or New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from the Crescent City.